Artlist.io Every single day I feel the pleasure Double up the weight, let's make it extra Working so my mother get a rest, yeah Working like I never know I'm best, yeah Every single day I feel the pressure Welcome back. Welcome back to That One Studios. What are you made of? It's your boy C-Rock here on my show. Let me turn that music off. Uh, welcome, guys. I appreciate everybody being here, listening or watching, however you're consuming this content. We're here to find out the ingredients that are going into making the guests that show up on this show, who they are. And today we have Andrea Jensen. And before I introduce Andrea Jensen, I just want to remind everyone that one merch is available now. Hats, t-shirts, and hoodies. And these hoodies are so nice. For those of you watching, you can see it's just good quality. But it's for those, only for those. This isn't a money play. This is for people to wear that want to be that one in their, in their industry, that one in their lives, not blend in, not be cool and fit in. We don't want to be that. That's not the way to, to success. Success is standing out, especially in personal branding and business. So go get your that one gear at thatonemerch.com. And uh, if you have any questions, just hit me up. All right, let's go. Let's talk about Andrea Jensen. She is the CEO and founder of that cash flow CFO, a fractional CFO and accounting partner to help scaling businesses. I'm sorry, that helps scaling business owners make smart financial decisions based on data. She is also the creator of the Predictable Profit Accelerator, a five-step holistic approach to securing your business finances. And she also has a podcast She's been also known, um, uh, shown in Forbes and Success Magazine um, as a top five business strategist for scaling a company in 2023. Um, she just a, seems like a badass because she's a wife and a mother, and it takes to be a badass to be a wife and a mother. She plays soccer, and she volunteers, and she's now appearing on the What Are You Made Up show. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. And I don't know, I'm all over the place. Like I'm trying to read this and I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on? I just realized though, I just, I forgot. I'm on a water fast. I'm fasting for three days with water only. Now I had bone broth the first day. You're allowed to have bone broth. I was like the greatest thing in the world, bone soup. Like I was just thinking to myself, like who drinks this stuff? And then I started drinking it when I was hungry and I'm like, well, this is the greatest stuff on the planet. But my mind is like, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel good. I don't know. So anyway. Andrea, I don't, have you ever done a water fast? Not a water fast. I've done juice and broth and things like that, but not yeah. just pure water. Yeah. Well, I'm supposed to go till tomorrow uh, dinner time, and I've done it this long before, like till dinner today. I've never gone past that yet, and I'm just like, come on, dude, you can do this. But your mind starts playing tricks on you, man. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I feel good, though. I feel good. I was just a little bit... uh reading like the words started blending together there for a minute. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andrea, I want to find out what you're made of here as, as we do on this show every time. So can you tell us what are you made of? Yeah. Well, it's the holidays. So sugar and spice and everything nice. <laughs> really? While I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't, when I thought of that, that was before you told me no, about, I'm spice. not really hungry right now. I feel good. But <laughs> yeah. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Are you just that that's what you're made of? Yeah, that's what I'm made of. There's a little bit of, you know, you got to turn on, turn on what you need when you need it. So there's a lot of sweet and there's definitely some grit, some spice. So well, your sweet, your sweet is gen, uh, is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Genuine, right? It's not like you're just you just said turn on when you need it. Like, is it that <laughs> only when you want something you're sweet, or how's that work? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's the default, but. There's times, there's a time spice and a place. Spice is the, when you need it. 
Yes. Okay. All right. I just yes. want to make sure I've clarified that because I don't want you to, like having the audience thinking like she's only sweet when she wants something. <laughs> I have a four-year-old, so I know when that I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, man. I know. I know how that is, man. Yeah. So, so let me let me start from when you started. Like, take us back. Like, growing up, what was it like growing up as a kid? Like, um, you were an athlete, I guess, as a kid too, not just playing soccer. Now, um, what kind of what kind of um, childhood did you have? Uh, well, I come from a big family, so I have a very loud and not chaotic, but like there's a lot of activity going on, right? Uh, with all my siblings and. Um, so yeah, so pretty uh standard childhood growing up just What's big? How many how many kids? There's four of us and we probably have like 50 cousins on each side. So Oh, jeez, yeah. Big family, yeah. And uh so yeah, so lots of, you know, gatherings and and really lucky that both sides, mom and dad's family was all in the same spot growing up. So uh, we had both grandmas just 20 minutes down the road and got to, you know, hang out there and do a lot of fun stuff. Was that in Southern Cal where you yeah. are now or not? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Raised. Okay. There's two of us out here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And then, so did you play soccer in like uh, competitive, like in high school, college or anything like that? I did. Um, yeah. High school was when it really kind of started to be competitive because there was, you know, different levels that you could compete to. And, um, and then in college, yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do in college. It was kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure. And then somebody said, Hey, you want to come play soccer? And I was like, sure. So that's kind of how it all unfolded. Gotcha. And then how did like, were, were you good at numbers when you were younger or did you like, how did you get into being a CFO? Yeah. So that Accounting. one is story uh because I didn't know what accounting was um so in when I got to college I decided oh I'll do business you know I'm I come from a very long line of entrepreneurs uh my family owned restaurants and my mom was in the medical space um and so I thought oh perfect I'll do business and so I picked international business because I love to travel and uh started taking all of the the general business question you know classes and stumbled upon accounting one, aced it. Accounting two, aced it. Accounting, you know, and it kept going. And finally, my professor pulled me aside and he said, you know, this doesn't normally come so easy to people. This is really something like you're just wired this way. And I was like, okay. And so to keep bumping up that GPA, I kept taking accounting classes. Um, and so just, you know, fast forward out of college, I started working for a venture capital firm and connected all the dots, you know, of what I was learning in school. And, and, you know, really, I was studying money, I was studying business models, I was studying how business flows through a business model and the different ways to set that up. And, um, you know, I can meet a business owner, ask a few questions and pull apart their business model in my brain, and then put it back together in a profitable way. And so that's my, that's my super skill. Yeah, well, so businesses that are already pumping, right? Like not startups. Have you ever worked in startups? We work with yeah. startups, um, help them to put like what a better way to start with a solid financial foundation in your business to work with somebody like our firm because we can come in and say, here's what it needs to look like and here's your operating plan and off you go. Um, so yeah, with both yeah. startups and, and in business for any amount of time. Well, the thing is, I think about with uh, CFOs and accounting and all this, like 
when you first start, I did, I've done startups and I've done other things too, but startups, there's no money coming in at first. So there's really like not much to do except for plan, right? The focus like a lot, and I want to hear your thoughts on this and your involvement on this is like revenue business. So many people don't focus on revenue, building revenue. Like that, that top line should be most of the attention. And most people don't focus on that. And then their businesses suffer and or don't even take off. And so for me, like me personally, I went, I took accounting in college, right? And when I was doing it, I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I want to be the person that's going out and getting like the hunt. I want to hunt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then when you hunt, then you got to, you got to take care of the dress of the deer or whatever. If you're hunting deer or whatever, then you cook it. I don't want to do that part. I want to go hunt. So that was me. I could do the accounting part. I just, I just didn't, you know, it's like, I don't know. How do you keep it interesting for you? Cause to me, the hunt's interesting, right? How do you keep accounting interesting? Well, I think it is the hunt, right? It's the fix. It's the getting something that is broken and fixing it, right? So it's like, um, you know, every business model, there's a, a, a right way and a wrong way to do it. And so a lot of times, you know, we work with so many passionate entrepreneurs that have started this business because they are filling a need. They're serving their clients in a way that only they can but they don't have the business background. So they set it up and it's really clunky and it doesn't flow and it doesn't make sense. And it's, you know, you know, a couple bad decisions financially and they could be out of business. And so that for me is like so rewarding to, to come into a business like that and, and show them, Oh, move this, change this, do this differently. Or, you know, uh, setting up systems processes, that financial foundation, that pillar in their business, that is so, so important because cash touches everything in your business, right? And so if you're not managing it correctly and you're not giving it the proper attention that it needs, you're not going to be in business for long. So. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So do you, are you a proponent of simplicity? Because I know accounting can get very complicated and depending on the company, the type of company, the size of the company and all that can get complicated, right? I'm a simple guy. So are you a proponent of simplicity? Well, I think the more simple your business is, the faster it can scale and grow. So, you know, when you're adding complexity just to add complexity, then no, I don't think that makes sense. If it's necessary, um, if it's something that, you know, sometimes we have where you're getting product from different distributors and they've the distributors have, you know, different hoops to jump through. Well, if you're going to, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to lower your margins. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to do it, but if they don't need it and you're creating it just to, you know, um, convolute a lot of times what I see with business owners is that we're, we have shiny object syndrome, right? So we, we just go, Oh, that looks good. Let's do that. Oh, that looks good. Let's do that. And we build on top of each other, all these kind of random processes that creates complexity and, um, and so, yes, in that case, I think definitely someone that can come in and go, oh, you don't have to do it like that. Let me show you a better way. It kind of just makes the business owner exhale a little bit, a sigh of relief and the business, you know, performs better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love it. All right. So how did you get into yourself doing this fractional CFO thing? Like versus working for someone or, you know, like, cause I've seen a lot of fractional things start CMOs, CFOs, even CEOs revenue officers, but like with you, what you do, like, what's the benefit? How did you get into doing that? And what's the benefit for someone to do that versus hiring someone in house? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I really saw was there is a, a big hole in the market. So business owners, they, um, they have a bookkeeper who's preparing the financial statements, right? They're coding the transactions. They're doing the reconciliation. They're preparing a, a balance sheet, a, a P&L, a statement of cash flows, and they're giving it to the business owner. And the business owner looks at it and goes, thanks, and tucks it away in the drawer. And then they go, oh, well, I meet with my, my CPA. I meet with them, you know, twice a year and we talk about tax strategy and they look at those reports and then, you know, they give me advice and sometimes I implement it. Sometimes I'm too busy to implement it as the business owner. And so where's that gap? That gap is you need somebody that can go, thank you, bookkeeper, for preparing these financials. Now let me take these and put them into a useful management dashboard you know, uh, for the business owner to look at the key performance indicators and know the health of the business and then also know how am I trending? You know, here's what I said I want to accomplish with this business. Here's what it's actually doing and where am I, you know, hitting the mark and where am I um, coming up short and what do I need to do operationally to fix that? You need to have that data on a monthly basis. And the the gap there is that the business owner doesn't have the skill set to interpret that data that's in those reports and use them to make operational decisions in the business. And then when you look at having your CPA, they're usually tax based, right? So they're yeah. looking at how do I save you the most money? Well, depending on what your business goals are, sometimes you need to pay taxes. If you need to get funding, if you want to, you know, you have to show, hey, I'm profitable. And when mm -hmm. you're profitable, you got to pay taxes. Or if so, you're going to exit, uh, exit yeah. the company and trying to build valuation, yeah. hundred percent. So you need that that CFO skill set to look at what the business owner is trying to achieve, connect all the dots, put it in a way that the business owner can make actionable bite-sized you know, um, decisions in, in the business and move them towards that financial goal, all while making sure that this business is an asset. And an asset is designed to create value. And so they're making sure they're being that steward for the business owner so they can go and do with the other things that the business requires of their time and, and attention. So, and so the fractional part, what about the fractional part versus yep. having somebody? Absolutely. So the fractional part compared to a full-time person comes down to dollars. So business owners in the you know million to... 15, 20 million, they don't have the budget to hire a full-time CFO. They need that skill set though. And so that's where the fractional capacity comes in and fills that gap and gets them to where they need to be to then ultimately they would hire that position in-house and it would be a full-time uh, role. So you, you think 15 million in, or like 12, 10 million in revenue, they really shouldn't be having their internally, uh, a CFO internally? I don't think you need it. I think you can yeah. do fractional. That's good. Um, yeah, I like that. It also depends on the the type, the model, right? The business mm -hmm. model. If you're out raising funds and your business depends on fundraising and you've got investors and you've got a board of directors, well, then I might change my you know opinion on that. But right, if, right, you're, right. if you're not doing all of those things, you don't need that full-time position. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what about, what about those that just starting out? They're entrepreneurs out there. They're using Stripe or some other payment processing, right? And they're just starting out and they're building revenue in their company and they're using, you know, let's say they're doing half a million to a million a year in that range, just starting out. Do they need a fractional CFO or do they just keep clear records 
um, with their Stripe and their bank account or what have you um, from there? Like, I guess, I guess does the CFO need it at that level? So it depends on what the goals are for the business. You need a very good bookkeeper for sure, because you want to make sure that all of your financial records are um, spotless, right? Because those are, and you also need somebody that's going to help you to interpret that data. It could be your bookkeeper. Um, you will outgrow your bookkeeper's skill set at as you're, you know, approaching the seven figures, and that's normal, right? So, if you have a business that you're like, I know what I'm doing, and I want to hit five million in two years, or you know, you want to just hit, the, you know, pedal the metal, it's an investment that makes sense. Right. If you're just a lifestyle business owner and you're like, this pays my bills, supports my family, we live a nice, comfortable life, then maybe it's not an investment if that's the right time for you to make that. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so long as you have documentation, somebody can come in and help you build it, build out a system and a model from it. The yeah. best thing you can do, at, you know, I say the very first hire you should make in any business is a bookkeeper. Even if it's five hours a month, whatever, you know, amount you need, that's the most important thing. And to keep clean records as you go, because you might decide or you might not decide, right? It might be decided for you. You get sick or you need to step away from the business and exit it. If you don't have good records, then no other business uh, investor or, or somebody that's going to buy your business is going to look at it and go, okay, I understand how I can make money with this business. because if you don't keep those records, then it's like, you're just telling a story, but they don't have anything to validate that against. Right. And then how's technology changing what you do? I mean, there's AI now there's technology, like uh, there's all kinds of different, different softwares, but AI is coming into it now. Like what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think it's great. I think, um, there's a lot of things that, um, our profession does still manually that AI will help support the the um, the number crunching, if you will. It will never replace the analysis and the interpretation of this is my business model. These are my goals. Now let's look at the numbers and marry it all together. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. you just said never. You really think never? Not in my lifetime. I, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the reason I bring this up is I've been watching some of this. And I, I don't think people are taking it serious enough because I think that the, you know how the internet came into play, right? And then it, it evolved. Mm -hmm. They're saying AI is doing it a thousand times faster. So like, yeah, a thousand times faster. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I I might be able to put it sometime that this is the kind of business I want to run. Here's my numbers currently. This is a like, and then and then have somebody like eyeballs interpret it make sure that it you know what i mean like i don't know man it's 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 pretty wild it's beyond yeah. like what we can even comprehend i think yeah no i think it's it's i'm absolutely on board with it i think it's great it's, and i think um it's never going to replace fully right there, there'll be a lot of like the way i look at it is right now it takes me x amount of time to serve this many clients so if i have something that can help take out the the busy work then I yeah. can serve this many more people. And to yeah. me, that really is like, that's awesome because so many business owners out there are struggling right now because they don't yeah. have access to the skill set that my team and I have. Um, I'd love to get it into the, you know, 
the economy will be better. People's financial, like their kids going to college and aging parents and all these other like money stressors, you know, a lot of that will be fixed with a good financial team. Yeah, no, I agree, man. And, uh, well, I just thought of something. Oh, I was talking to somebody earlier this morning about this. They're advising companies with AI and technology, right? And they're talking about, and I've read this somewhere else as well, like the internet is connecting everybody throughout the world on like a network, right? Well, AI, they're creating these models where they can come into your house or your business, this model, and then it's separate from the internet. It's not connected. And it's only reading information that's going on in the business or in the household. And so that AI is is like your personal assistant for everything, finances, marketing, all these different things. But it's not connected to the internet necessarily. It's just reading everything that's internally. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not ever concerned, like scared. I'm just excited about like, what could this actually, I, I don't know. It just blows my, blows my mind. That's why I asked you that when I said never, because I just heard that today and I'm like, so I'm still computing a lot of this stuff. All right. So talk to me about the five-step holistic approach to securing your business finances. Um, are you able to share any of that? Or do you want people to go somewhere to find that information? Well, you can definitely go check out our website if you want to learn more, but I'm happy to kind of give you the high level overview of that. So when you're looking at a business, a lot of times, uh, you know, financial professionals are just looking at a narrow lane. When we talk about looking at it holistically, we're looking at what's our pre, um, you know, what's happening before revenue. So that's our sales, right? So we're talking about customer acquisition costs. We're talking about um, your different marketing strategies. What's the ROI on those? And what's your conversion rates? And so we're looking at what's coming down the pipeline and what can we reasonably expect to become revenue, to become clients. Um, So we have that conversion from sales, marketing activity into now they're a client. Now we have to serve that client. So we have to look at what are we charging them And is that the right price in order to have the right margins in your business um, to be able to deliver on that sale and still run, you know, pay for all the other operational necessities in the business? So we're looking at, um, you know, pre, then you get it. Now, how are we allocating it? Um, And so we're looking at a percentage based on your business model, your industry, your financial goals. We're taking every dollar in revenue and turning it into 100%. And then we're saying, let's just say there's four big buckets in your business. So you've got your cost of goods, your general and administrative, you've got your marketing, and you've got your profit. And your profit is not just profit sitting in the bank account, right? A lot of people go, how come on my P&L, I show that I'm profitable and I go look at my bank account and there's no money in there. Well, this is because on a P&L, what you don't see are the... uh, the other activities that your cash has to support. So it's servicing any debt that you have. It's paying income taxes. It's covering, you know, draws, distributions, whatever the business owner is taking. And it's also reinvesting back into the growth. So you're improving systems, platforms, you're investing in a new marketing activity. Those aren't operational expenses. So reinvestments. So it's it's having that understanding of how am I allocating this ge- the revenue that I'm generating in order to operate and then also grow my business. Huge, huge. Yes. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that like I've invested in real estate, but like everybody's talking about real estate, passive income, real estate, real estate. But like hardly any of them talk about reinvesting in their businesses. 
I've reinvested in my business to snowball. I want I want my business to be so big that eventually uh, the money's like, okay, I got to get rid of this money. I got to put it in real estate. Not, I want to think first to put it in real estate. I want to put it into business. Because me, I, look, one, you reinvest the business is tax deductible. You, you don't pay taxes on money you're putting back into your business, number one. Number two, that's what it takes a lot of times, capital, and people are short of, to build and scale a business. Am I right? Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, a conversation that we have with a lot of clients is that if you want to grow and scale your company, you either go out and get outside funding or you use your own internal, your profits. And it becomes like, what is your risk tolerance for, for either of those options? But it has to come from one of those two sources. And so, um, you know, hundred percent of what you're saying, if you, what I, what we see is businesses that are not profitable, go out and get outside funding. And it's throwing good money at a bad problem because if you're not profitable right now, something's wrong with your business model and going out and getting funding is not going to solve that. And so it just digs the hole deeper and deeper. Yeah. And I've also always rather sacrifice now my income as the operator of founder of the company or whatever, because like a lot of people get money and they're like, oh, I'm making this money. No, no, no. Reinvested it. Take what you need to right now. Just need to. And then in a couple of years from now, if you do that the right way, like you'll have more money than you need, you know, but people just, they have this like urgency right now. I need it right now. And then they take it out of the business and it hurts the business. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I've looked at so many tax returns, um, corporate tax returns, everything. Cause I was in the mortgage industry. And so when we're qualifying somebody for a mortgage, we have to look at all the tax returns, K ones, um, schedule C's, all like all, all the stuff, 1120s. And so I got really good at it. Even though at first it looked Greek to me, it's crazy how so many people run from something because it's like, how, how am I supposed to understand this? But once you start leaning into it, then it's like, oh, this is so simple, you know? But um, all right. So then the next thing I want to talk to you about, you have a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Why did you start a podcast? One. And two, from that point of having the podcast till now, what has it done for you and your business? Um, let's see. So we started the podcast because... So many people would tell me, you really have a, a knack for taking a complex topic or subject and explaining it in a way that like I can get it and it makes sense to me. And so we said, okay, what's, you know, we can write a newsletter, we can do all the things, you know, with me explaining things, but what's the, the fastest way to reach people and, you know, help? And so we thought, okay, it's a podcast. So we started the podcast. And I'll be very honest with you. When we first started, I was like, oh, I just dreaded it. And if you go watch some of my first ones, I'm like, hi, my name's Andrea. And I was just so nervous uh, because I, at the end of the day, I'm an accountant. I'm an introvert. Give me a spreadsheet and a set of numbers and let me go do my thing. Um, but I knew that, that business owners needed to hear this information. And so push through that. We just hit our 50th episode. Uh, oh, congrats. Which is Thanks. Yeah. It's like, it sounds so small, but man, it was a, it was a lot of work to get there. Um, and so I, you know, I think what it's done for the business is it's real, really helped facilitate that sharing of knowledge and bringing in other business experts. And like, I always know good questions to ask because I'm in the trenches. I'm, we work with hundreds of business owners right now, you know, and I see what they're struggling with. And I see, you know, the, what are the, um, kind of 
the topics that keep coming up in conversation as we're supporting our business owners. And so I'll go and bring an expert in that we can have a conversation about that and share more information. And um, it's, it's brought us new clients. Yes. But, you know, aside from that, I think it's really helped our listeners. We get a lot of feedback of like, I, I, I kept hearing that, you know, topic flying around, but I never really understood what it was. And thank you because you really helped me to connect the dots. And, you know, they're really appreciative of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love podcasting. It's changed my life. So I'm glad that you're into it now and doing it. And, you know, you got to make sure this is something for everybody listening. But Andrew, since I'm talking to you, podcasting, going on as shows as a guest is just as important as having a show, maybe even more powerful. And you have to make it a part of your business in life if you're the face of your business and you're doing what you're doing. Because let me tell you something, you leverage other people's audiences, number one. The show hosts are some of the most connected people on the planet. People don't know that. Number two, Google search optimization. If I'm going to work with Andrea Jensen, I'm going to Google search. And when you appear in the show and we publish this show to Spotify and iTunes and all this, it goes in, your name goes in the title and the topic you talk about, but it's on those websites and my website. You, you appear on everybody's websites instead of just your own. So like it, it's so powerful and people just don't understand it. I'm, I'm t uh, tasked with and like really educating people on this to tell them to invest in this part. You got to do it because I, I mean, I've seen the results and the people that aren't doing it, they're missing a the boat. So everybody listening, make sure you check it out, get on podcast, be a guest and also start your own show too, if you're up for it. But, uh, and Andrea, it's great to have you here. I, I'd love to do more with you and, and maybe even like figure out ways to, to collab, send you business, do something. Uh, I mean, there's, there's synergy here. Cause if you're, you know, doing the, the, the awesome work that you're doing, helping business owners, more successful, understanding how to reinvest in their business, what to do with the money. I mean, it, it's needed because, you know, by the way, aren't most business owners like the, the struggles they deal with too, or is like the inconsistency of income. It's like up and down months and then they have a good month and then they're like, ah, the money, I can take the money. And then they're like, what about the next month? <laughs> yeah. You see that a lot? That's called a cash flow forecast. And it is yeah. a tool that not enough business owners use because they just don't know what yeah. it is. They don't have anyone to create it for them. But yeah, so helps, helps that problem. So guys, listen, go check out Andrea Jensen. Where's the best place for them to go, Andrea? Uh, our website is thecashflowcfo.com. And I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, all the spots. So come and send us a message, ask your questions. We're always happy to, to chat with, uh, you know, listeners or, and check out the podcast because there's tons of resources on there too. Um, and that's the cash flow CFO. All right, guys, go check it out. Andrew, thanks for being here. Hang tight while I wrap this up and all of you that are watching or listening, thank you so much for being here. Keep coming back, rate us, subscribe, do all the things you know you're supposed to do. And, uh, let me know, hit me up in the DMS on Instagram. If you guys have any questions or have any, you know, thoughts on the show or feedback, I'd love to hear it. And until next time, it's your boy C rock here signing off. From that one studios on the what do you made of show be that one <laughs>